0: this podcast was sponsored by Body, Proudly owned and designed in Australia by real people with real leaky bodies. Hello everyone and welcome to the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host Demi Lynch and welcome to the show. Those of you that are new to the podcast, Basically, every Wednesday, I'm joined by a special guest to share our thoughts, feelings, opinions, emotions on the latest news stories in the world of intersectional feminism. On today's show, I am joined by the fabulous, the amazing, the incredible April Helene Horton, or as many of you know her as, the Godzilla. Not only is she a good friend of mine, but April is also a body love activist, writer, motivational speaker, and she also was one of the first plus-size women to be featured on a billboard in a bikini in Australia. So during today's episode, we'll be speaking about the Paralympians missing out on cash prizes of up to $20,000, and we'll be looking at how marginalised groups continue to have their worth undermined. We'll also be talking about our highlights and lowlights of the week, from special appearances on the TV to dog spotting. But first on the show, we need to talk about Rebel Wilson and how her recent throwback photo is seeming to be quite problematic. Is telling people, quote-unquote, it's never too late to start improving yourself, actually phobic? and why does quote unquote being the best version of you possible always have to mean being the smallest version of yourself again isn't that quite fatphobic but anyway more on that in just a moment now on to today's episode with the delightful April Hello, my dear April, my dear Godzilla. Thank you so much for coming onto the show
1: again. Thank you. Well, what is this now? The third time's the charm, right? Third time's I feel like the charm. The first time and the second time are both quite charming as well, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's my pleasure to be back with you. Um, it, it feels like it's been ages, but. It's great to
0: chat. Yes, it's great to chat over the video call. Sadly, not in person yet. We will get there soon. We'll get there soon. We're manifesting it, right? We're manifesting it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, we've been friends for over a year. We will soon meet in person. It will happen. Yes, we will. And of course, one of our favorite things to do as friends is to rant about certain people online. And Mm -hmm. that is why I had to bring you on for today's podcast episode to talk about the latest news stories in the world of intersectional feminism, because one of the news stories I have to talk about is something that you shared on your Instagram account, the Bodzilla, and it was about Rebel Wilson, and who we have some thoughts, feelings, emotions about this with Rebel Wilson and uh, her weight loss. Which, when people look at it that way, they just think like, "Oh, her weight loss. Why the fuck are you guys angry about her weight loss?" It's not that. My dear April, tell the people, tell the people, why are we frustrated? Why are we annoyed? Why are we just... grinding our gears what's happening right now.
1: Why are we feeling all the feelings? Well yes. I mean I guess we've got to start with this rant is definitely focused at the message rather than the person. Yes. Um, yes. I I think that Rebel Wilson like most of us is a victim of diet culture however mm-hmm. um, Rebel Wilson is also a person who has a really big platform and I think that it's harmful and it's thoughtless to share your messaging about weight loss in a moralized and Diet culture centric way. So, I don't have a problem with Reverus and doing whatever she literally wants with her body. Honestly, none of my business. But if she's going to share older pictures of herself and criticize her former self, that to me creates a really charged, emotionally charged situation for me, but also I think for probably most of the people who follow her based on the responses I got to the posts that I shared. So, Mm. Um, As lots of the people who already know me online would be aware, I had weight loss surgery in the past. And so that meant that I too was a victim to the internal and external rhetoric of lose weight, your life will be better. Now, I'm not saying that that's not solely untrue. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that that's just a lie, but it's the perception. It's the idea that changing your body mass will actually fix all of the issues that you might have in your life. And that's simply not the case. And I think that to talk about yourself as having unhealthy habits in the past or, um, you know, uh, you can be your best self if you lose weight. I think they're really harmful and dangerous ways of looking at the way that the human body exists in the world. And I feel irritated at Rebel specifically when I think about the fact that she can't not know that as a white and now thin woman, she is deriving so much privilege, but also have complete, to have completely forgotten what it was like to be treated poorly or, n- or not as well um, in the body that she had before. And I think it would be it would be untruthful of her to say that she was never treated badly, except by herself. Like I just don't think that that can be true, regardless of her ability to get great roles in Hollywood, be an amazing performer and an actress, comedian and do all of that. I don't think that it can be true that she was treated the same as other people from her kind of peer group in Hollywood when she weighed more than she does now. Mm -hmm.
0: And there is definitely this thing. And like you said, this isn't just about Rebel Wilson herself. This is about as a society, it seems to be that when people lose weight, they see themselves as having a higher value over people that haven't lost weight or that are still fat. And the thing is, it's always like they refer to their previous selves as, oh, that they're a work in progress. Like it was a before that needed to be changed. And they they're so great because they made that change. And then it's just it has been really normalized that way of thinking but it's just really harmful for people that are fat and don't want to lose weight and that's okay that's up to them their bodies and i have seen this in my world myself of people that have lost weight and they do change like i um, there was this relative of mine and she lost a great deal of weight and she became very critical of other relatives of hers that were still fat that didn't lose any weight and she was just very critical of them having to go to a plus size store or critical of of what they were eating and it's and of course i'm not saying everyone that loses weight they their personality changes and their way of their values change that way not at all but it's just there is though this thing where yeah some people that does happen to them and then it makes other people feel like oh i'm less than because i haven't got to where they are right now it's it's really hard because then you feel like you can't say anything because it's like oh you're just jealous because you haven't lost weight
1: like do you ever feel like that I think it's someone who has been thinner than I am today. Yeah. I have those conversations with myself, even, mm. even, you know, as well as knowing that there are people, especially if you post publicly about it, who will come back and say, either you're just jealous or why can't you just be happy for that person? Now, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not happy for them because I'm not celebrating weight loss, nor am I detracting from them. It's not about being happy for them. It's not my business. But the thing is, as you pointed out, when people lose weight and then they moralize about it and they make it so that they have done something that you haven't done but that you should you should aspire to it Um, whether the messaging is covert or overt whether they say directly to you well I lost weight you can too or whether they simply say I changed these unhealthy habits and now I'm a better self than I've ever been the underlying message of that is you're not as good as me or you can be better but you need to change who you are and what you look like and how much you weigh Mm-hmm. and I you know I definitely think that in conversations where it is strictly a group of people who are well I will say curvy or plus size or fat or however they identify because I recognize that different people identify their bodies differently mm-hmm. that in an in a space where exclusively fat people exist we all realize how harmful diet culture is we all know and we all want to be able to talk about how difficult it is for us to see people who we've a potentially thought of as being a bit of an idol um Adele, Rebel Wilson, other women in the media who are successful and exist in bodies that are not part of mainstream beauty standards recognizing that they don't owe us anything and that 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 projection of our aspiration onto them is not their fault their problem or their issue but existing in an exclusively fat space means that you feel safe to say things like what we're saying right now. The minute that you go online or publicly into a space where people who are not fat exist, they want to tell you how hard it is for them too. And they just want to be like thin privilege, never heard of her. And it's just, it's not, it's just not true to say I know how hard it is because I've gained X amount of weight. No, you don't. You don't know how hard it is. If you live in a body that walks into any shop, any shop and buys some clothes, oh, I have to size up. Yeah, but did they have your size? Do you feel okay about the fact that you could just purchase it? And yeah, if you just cut, you know, people talk about, I cut off the tags because I don't want to see what size my clothes are. Okay. But like the fact that you could get the clothes in the first place, that you could shop in public rather than only online, because lots of stores, even the ones that supposedly cater to fat bodies don't want us in their shops. The idea that someone would go online and say the older fatter me was not as good as the current thin me is just a really harsh and really, unsettling thing to see especially when you may have looked at that person and in the past and been like oh well if they can do it I can do it as far as being successful and you know making a career out of something that you love to do like the performing arts I think that it's it's damaging of her to do that I think it's I think it's careless and I don't know if she realizes because as I said at the beginning of of this topic I realize that we are all victims of diet culture Every single person, there's, there's a reason that we're still in the process of having to bring to light the fact that eating disorders aren't just for people whose bodies present, as you would expect, being emaciated or, you know, um, being extremely thin, etc. that eating disorder behavior, the effective diet culture and the ongoing harm around mainstream beauty standards, especially thinness, being perpetuated by fat people is is violent and it's really, it's degrading and yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel to expect so strongly after having already talked about this topic a little bit, but every time I think about it, it gets me fired up because I just, I'm like, how can you be so mean to the rest of us? Like, oh, I didn't realize. Well, you should have, you should have realized mate, because at the end of the day, you used to be bigger than you are and that person deserves better from you and from everybody else.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and just because you lose weight that doesn't mean all your problems in the world have been solved and it doesn't mean that you have a good relationship with your body or like everything's just everything's just perfect now and it's just it is very ostracizing to people that are in the fat plus size community because then it just makes them feel like oh i'm this is just that I hate I hate the whole notion of uh, it's always a work in progress like this is a before I'm meant to change I'm just a skinny person in the fat person's body and it's just well what I want to see more of there's a certain um Instagrammer that I follow I won't name her because she might want to keep her profile private but she shares a lot of photos of loose skin which I'm just loving so much like she talks about how then there are moments she like questions like a weight loss and like be like, oh, the blue loose skin, but I'm accepting it though. Cause I want to be body neutral. And she talks about like how, even though she's lost a lot of weight, because then she went to surgery, she gained a lot of weight, but that's fine. Surgery is important. Her, like, I just, I want to, if, if you lose weight and you want to document it, want to share your stories with the world, whatever, I think it's just important that you show that it's not just like, oh, I reached this goal and now everything's amazing. Like talk about that. It's not it's not like a beginning end it's just a continuation thing of your health it's not it's just a constant ever changing thing and you're not better or worse because you can fit into a new size of jeans like that's what I want to see more.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think also um the idea that you can lose weight and that then you will like never regain it. Mm. What? Like <laughs> when we know that the percentages indicate That weight loss uh, is really maintained, like less than, I think it's 5% of people maintain significant intentional weight loss. Um, Also, these messages that you are currently consuming and outputting are messages that are going to come back and you're going to be then back on the hamster wheel of. Harming your own mental health because you're going to be like, oh well, I believe this, which is that thin equals better, um, and therefore when I am not as thin as I once was, hi, this is like you know this reminds for me as much as anyone else that I need to remember that that's not the case because the next thing you know you could potentially be the person who's hurt yourself the most with this with this conversation about weight loss.
0: on the news.
1: COVID-19. Coronavirus outbreak. COVID nightmare. We hear
0: about it during the daily press conferences. Community transmission numbers are disturbingly high.
1: I know it's difficult, but so too is being on a machine to breathe.
0: Yes, we may hear about it 24-7, but what we don't hear about enough is how this pandemic is affecting everyday people. What is it actually like being separated from your partner, your parents, your children, your loved ones in the middle of a global pandemic? I think I struggle with a bit of the guilt, like it's
1: this mom guilt in you.
0: How are these lockdowns affecting our mental health and financial circumstances?
1: So you're running like on on the edge basically all the
0: time. And why are we all so frustrated with the Australian government?
1: The reality is our wholesale quarantine system is broken. It's vastly inadequate.
0: We at the Nasty Woman Club wanted to put together a special series dedicated to the everyday people and how this pandemic has changed their lives forever. We hope by sharing these stories, we can help people not only feel more heard, but also feel less alone. So stay tuned for our limited podcast series, Hearts Apart, humanizing the numbers behind COVID-19 one podcast episode at a time. So my dear, the other topic I really, really wanted to talk to you about is about this whole situation with the Paralympians. So listeners out there that haven't heard about this inequality in pay between the Paralympians and Olympians, essentially what happened is SBS did an investigation and they found that when Paralympians win a gold, silver, or bronze medal, they don't get a bonus cash prize by the AOC. Whereas for Olympians, Australian Olympians, if you get a gold, you can get up to $20,000 bonus cash prize. Paralympians get nothing. So obviously you and I, aren't olympians we're not in the sporting world but the reason why i really wanted to talk about this with you is this just seems like a conversation that's just being had over and over and over and over again about how minority groups just keep being treated like they're less than and they're worth less than and they're always just expected to do the work for free or
1: the word you have probably have heard for exposure for exposure.
0: So my dear- which
1: is something you die of on the side of a mountain, as my, uh, as my very good friend Heather once told me.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so in correlation with the whole para- the Paralympians in pay inequality and with you yourself as a woman of color, I want to ask you, how does this affect you as someone that's a minority that you are always expected to be paid less or in many cases, paid nothing?
1: look I mean I have definitely been asked especially in the past and and you know when I first started doing the bodzilla work um that I would be asked oh would you mind doing this and I'd be like oh sure and the, the, the other problem was that I would say yes and do it for free and then later be told like why did you do like that cost like your time costs money so the the idea that other people didn't value my time was something that I fed into by also not valuing my time. Now, I think it's really good that we're having this conversation. I think drawing drawing the conversation around the marginalised pay for marginalised people um, that is happening as part of this conversation um, to do with the Olympics and the Paralympics is really important because I think it's a bigger, as we've said, a bigger issue and it's something that's affected people in every industry, not just uh, elite athletes. So... I think that one of the main issues around this is that the people who want to talk about social justice issues, so for example independent podcasters and news outlets, don't have a lot of money. So to be able to ask people who have lived experience and who are able to speak on these topics, they don't have a lot of money. However, The mainstream media who then pick up those people and go, oh, I I happen to listen to that grassroots podcast and I want to interview that person. And they do have budget, but they take the piss and tell, you know, when they offer you an opportunity, they frame it as exposure. Uh, That's, to me, that's the problem. When a brand that has money will try to get away with not giving it to you because they know they can, because they know that you've done work to try and support the independent media of Australia, who are the most important people, I think, in being able to save the planet from complete and total destruction. Um, you, you know, I, I think that that's the that's really significant issue. I myself now have been really conscious of either, asking, is this a paid opportunity? Even if it's something that I really wanna do, and if the person comes back and says, actually, no, we don't have budget, I potentially am still going to say yes, but I'm not going to not ask you if you have money, because if I'm going to give my time and you have money, but you're withholding it on the basis that you think, Oh, well, she should do it for free. Why should I, why should I? And so, you know, would you write to, I don't know, someone who's more famous, anyone? I don't know. I just, the first person that came into my mind was Delta Goodrum for some reason. Um, would you ask Delta Goodrum to come on your independent podcast and speak for free? Like, You might in the hopes that she would say yes, but when she said no, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, like checks out. But if I say no, somehow I feel, you know, I get into a space where I'm gaslighting myself being like, maybe I should have said yes, that was a big opportunity. But the idea that, you know, that things that are meant for you will pass you by just isn't, isn't, you know, something that I buy into. I think that the opportunities that come to you that will offer you what you deserve in life are the ones that you should take and that's been a long time coming and and I do have days where I don't believe that of course I have days where I go oh I should just be lucky that I have any opportunities at all but quite genuinely I think most of the people who ask you to work for free when you are someone like myself who's a marginalized person, woman of color or whether you're a disabled person, whether you're a trans person, whatever it might be, whatever lived experience you've got that somebody wants to hear from you about that You don't need to give away that information and that experience for free. You don't have to give it away at all. That's the other thing. I think that sometimes people feel like if they're offered a paid opportunity that they should take it because there's money involved because capitalism, baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, that to me also is something that, you know, lots of us don't have the liberty of turning down things that, you know, um, that if, if if this is our only job, for example, I mean, you run an independent podcast, this is your main source of income and, and a really big part of who you are as a person. So when somebody asks you to do something for free, what they're doing is taking away time that you could be using to aid, make money to build the podcast so that you can raise more awareness of bigger issues. Um, but also, when you're offered a paid opportunity to talk about something, potentially you might be like, "Oh, should I do it?" And you really question yourself, even though it might be something you're not that interested in, because you're really, really focused on trying to build up your business. And I think that it's really important that we stay true to ourselves and and ask for money for for all of the things that we're offered. Um, And if like like I said, if you're wanting to work for free for someone or something that you care about a lot, um, then that's fine. So I, I don't think that there's any reason not to work for free if that's what you want to do and you've agreed that that's what you'd like to do. But the issue is when you find out later that you could have gotten paid for doing something that was quite a lot of effort potentially. Um, It is really frustrating and I think that the idea that disabled people, people who live with disabilities depending on how they identify, people who are part of marginalised communities more broadly are regularly taken advantage of because they are considered to be lucky to be given opportunities that other people wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, bat an eyelid at being given is something that we need to keep talking about you know I know that Carly Finlay does a lot a lot of uh, unpaid emotional labor talking Mm -hmm. about the ways that she's had to turn down things but also in in doing so felt uh, the urge or the need to educate people about why it's not okay so she's still spending time On doing these things and I think it's a really difficult place to be as an activist and especially as someone in a you know an activist in a marginalized identity or multiple um, marginalized identities I think that the idea of having to ask people not only to pay you but if they're not going to pay you to really think about why they thought it was okay is so exhausting it's so exhausting and it's so traumatizing and I I really do I really do hope that we sort of see a a corner being turned in the very near future, Um, not just in relation to the Paralympics and and the Olympics, of course, but more broadly in the ways that people are approached to do work, um, especially people in marginalised communities. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and There's two points I want to add there, because I can also imagine the extra trauma and the extra stress of it all. Like, say if a massive platform reached out to you and said like, hey, we want to use you to talk about a, to talk about, say, racism or talk about fat phobia. And, you know, there would be conflicting sides because if they don't want to pay you, you think like, oh, well. I I know my worth, I know that I'm worth this, they should be able to pay me. But then I can imagine as well on the other side, you're thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if another, a young, if another person of color or another fat person saw me on this platform and got this, got to see me. Like, I can imagine that would just be so conflicting having those thoughts thinking like, oh, if I was a young version of me, would love to see this. But at the same time, it's just like, you got to know your fucking worth because the thing is as well, marginalized groups, no matter what their backgrounds are, when they're being used to essentially bring up their trauma, like you, for example, if you were told, oh, write this whole article about your experience of racism, that's bringing up trauma, that's bringing, that takes up a lot of fucking emotional energy. If you're being told to do that for free, that's just so unfair that they're essentially just picking apart your history for free even though they're not even going to pay you. And it takes such an emotional toll on you. Like, it's just,
1: it's just, it's so problematic. So, so problematic. One of the ways that we really saw that being done in a way that, that um, where people's work was being used without credit and for free, um, but then was being platformed to so many more people is um, the feminist Instagram account is a really mm. great example. Two mm-hmm. dudes who ran an Instagram account, probably still run it. I don't know why I unfollowed it. Um, running an Instagram account where they farm content from tiny little creators, and that's gross. However, the idea that those messages will be platformed to millions of people rather than hundreds of people, you go, well, I don't know, is that great or is it terrible? Like It's, it's such a difficult one. And I think that's why the difference of Choosing to be the, be the you that you needed, you know, you're talking about the Mm. idea that 36 year old me could do work for free. That would benefit 20 year old me, 16 year old me, 13 year old me. Okay. Okay. I, I can make time for that. If I think that it will genuinely have the impact that I think is needed, then yes. And that's why I talk about brands that I love and brands or businesses or platforms who do the work that I love to see. Are the ones that I want to work with and of course I want to get paid because getting paid not only is an indication that you're valued within capitalism um but also puts bread or you know whatever carb on the table as long as it's carbs I don't care um <laughs> potato is irrelevant uh and, and I think that that's the thing for me is I don't want I don't want to discourage people from doing free work. I want people to, to be discouraged from accepting bad behavior from places who have money and don't want to give it to you because they want you to believe that you're not worth it because it isn't about them having an active belief about your worth. It's about being able to go, oh, I could ask her. She'd probably do it for free because like she would love to do whatever. The way that the arts is constantly underfunded is is so baffling and yet completely unsurprising to me.
0: We'll be back in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you all about today's sponsor, Moddy Body. As someone that's a plus-size woman, I find it incredibly difficult to find brands that are size inclusive. That's one of the many reasons why this week at the Nasty Woman Club, I've partnered up with Moddy Body. They truly practice what they preach. They have such a great range in sizes in their period underwear. Their fabulous underwear goes up to a size 26. not only is modi body size inclusive but they also create products for bodies with all different types of needs from breastfeeding bras to leak proof briefs and trunks for men to even adaptive period underwear that's suitable for carers and people with disabilities this lady startup is the real deal when it comes to inclusivity and that is why I am beyond excited to partner up with them again because I really just love modibody and everything that they do and the fact that they are just so inclusive with all bodies with all needs it just makes me love them even more and more so head on over to modibody.com and Uncover all the incredible products they cater to all bodies and all needs. Modibody, proudly owned and designed in Australia by real people with real leaky bodies. So, my dear, to finish off today's podcast episode, I want to talk about our lowlights highlights of the week. They can be as big or as small, as important or as minuscule as we want, but I think it's good that we finish this episode and talk about what's happening in our worlds right now. So, let's start off with the negative. So, we're going to finish on a positive note. My dear, what was your (laughs) lowlight of the week?
1: Oh, my low light. Um, it was kind of, I guess it was more um, a number of experiences that gave me a feeling uh, rather than a specific instance. So um, obviously we talked about the Rebel Wilson issue and we've talked about any fat bias in this episode. So in an unsurprising twist, it relates to being online and having people tone police me uh, and, and be really obvious in the way that they are still 2021 unwilling to learn unwilling to listen unwilling to do anything but be you know toxic positivity kind of advocates and I think that for me when you have negative interactions online as rarely as I do and I say that like I won't touch wood because it will interfere with the sound recording Um, (laughs) but I I don't I don't have an extraordinary or an unmanageable amount of negative interactions with people online. And I don't know if that's because the content that I post is, um, is mostly being viewed by people who uh, either agree, resonate with, or can kind of come around to what I'm saying, uh, or whether that's just pure luck. I don't know whether, I, um, whether I've just lucked out. But then last week I had two negative experiences, one really, you know, really harsh, um, experience and another one that just you know when it, something happens in the morning and it sets your whole day on a trajectory mm-hmm. yeah one of those oh, and yeah. so that just that feeling of like oh why do I do this like why am I putting myself through this I could just literally not I could just literally log off and stay logged off and or I could just post only the things that people want to read you know the the things that um, in this person's words i i like to follow for all the other great positive stuff you're doing so keep doing that mm, i'm gonna literally just do whatever i want how about that uh but that that kind of toxic positivity um you know and that idea that you can only say good things online is really frustrating and, and so for me that was a low light because i just really had one of one or two of those really down days of like why do i bother why no one's listening to me one eyeball and then I woke up to myself and realized that actually that's not true just two people being rubbish is um actually probably not an indication that everybody is terrible
0: and out of the 20,000 plus followers that you have two people they really don't fucking matter like (laughs) out of all the other people that adore you admire you and think you're fucking iconic they're they're just meh who cares about them they're just meh (laughs) So my low light of the week, it's something that I'm preparing myself for. So it hasn't happened yet, but I'm already experiencing the low lightness of it. And that is the fact that I'm aware now that it's Father's Day this coming Sunday. And Father's Mm. Day is a very triggering time for me. I thoroughly dislike it because I have a very a strange my, my i have a strange um relationship with my father i don't even call i don't even call him dad i just call him david and i stopped being in any form of contact with him about uh over 3 years ago and it's slowly getting easier but whenever there's a father's day or whenever there's a christmas um or whenever i see a gambling ad i'm always just like triggered
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Yes,
0: yes. Whenever I see something about a casino or gambling or something like that, I'm always like, I'm just like, oh, daddy, oh, it must be him. Um, But yeah, no, it's just I do. Yeah. So I do feel for people like when it gets to around Father's Day or Mother's Day is if when they do have bad relationships with their parents, it can be a little bit just like someone just like a little pinch of a reminder just be like oh you don't have that so yeah just like i saw this big ad in um westfield the other day and it was just like this young woman about my age she was next to her father and it just said like oh give the best gift to your best friend or some shit like that and it's just like a little
1: you. yeah um. <laughs> it's just a little
0: stab in the chest just like oh all right no no I don't my father is not my best friend he's not even in my life but
1: yeah yeah
0: so you kind of like missed a relationship that never was kind of thing
1: yeah yeah well big hugs to you um Thank you. For father's day and um I think it's really nice also just to acknowledge that uh even though you are having a low light for father's day that you're not necessarily um, wanting to get rid of Father's Day for everyone. You're just acknowledging oh God, that no. it causes you pain. Um, and I think that's a really, that's a really powerful place to be to say that something causes you pain uh, and triggers you, but that you recognize that that's not the case for everyone. And um, so big hugs for Sunday. Thank you. Yeah, and yes, no. I'm
0: definitely not one of those people that's just like there should be no Father's Day, no Mother's Day. It's just like piss off. Because, like, for example, with Christmas, for some people Christmas is amazing, but then for other people Christmas is just a, another reminder that they're far away from their loved ones or a loved one's passed yeah. away. Or
1: yeah. you can't it, look. It might just be the 27th of some random month. It doesn't. Yeah. you know, for everyone it's different. But I think that. um you know, I'll be thinking of you, honey. And I think that uh, for all the people who are going to have a lovely day that day, we probably can say we wish them all the best.
0: On a more better note, on a better, higher note, my love, what is your highlight of the week? I already know this, but I'm very excited to (laughs) brag away,
1: brag away. What is your highlight of the week? My highlight of the week is going to be watching, uh, the final episode of the three-part series on SBS, What Does Australia Think About? Uh, The topic this week is obesity. And I will be uh, one of the people appearing in that episode alongside Casey Donovan, Heidi Anderson, and some other uh, amazing humans and I am really proud. So uh, for all of your listeners who were around in uh, kind of January, February, they know that there was a billboard campaign that went live at the start of February um, showing me in a reasonably skimpy curvy swimwear swimsuit, uh, lilac velvet Brazilian bikini to be specific. And uh, that campaign was shot by Jez Smith, who uh, aside from being an a international photographer who's shot the likes of um Kate Blanchett and uh Serena Williams uh is also one of my very good friends and I adore him and uh so as part of that billboard campaign I also Uh, took part in filming the TV series so it's finally coming out I finally get to see all of the amazing stories of the people who are part of that episode and I am really excited so 8 30 p.m. AEST on SBS um, but it's also going to be on demand so if you miss it uh, you'll be able to find a link in uh, my stories in my bio later this week.
0: Mm -hmm. yep and once it's also on demand as well we'll be popping it into today's show notes and also just another reminder in the show notes as well on when people can watch the live broadcast of it and can i just say i'm just so fucking proud of you like look at you this year we got excited about you being on a billboard early this year and then now you're going to be on a tv show This no way this is the second time you've been on tv now isn't it this is your second time
1: yeah i what can i say (laughs) <laughs> I get I get, I kind of get um I get excited about the idea of being on TV kind of on a regular basis cuz I just enjoy it. Uh I really enjoyed filming this series. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, look if if we're going to say start with a billboard, then be part of a TV series, I guess that means 2022 is bringing like a feature film, 2023 Netflix special. Let's just go with that. Let's oh. just let's just go with Yes, let's just manifest
0: that. Yes, I can definitely see that. Yeah, let's chuck you on Netflix. Yes, please. <laughs> I I think for my highlight of the week. I'm trying to think now. It's been it's been a it's been a weird week. Um my highlight, what would my highlight be? Oh, okay. This might sound the most pathetic thing in the world that this is my highlight, but I don't care. It's definitely not up with being on a fabulous TV show with people like fucking Casey Donovan, but <laughs> My highlight of the week is that I saw the cutest corgi in the world. Which I know for some oh. people it doesn't matter, but corgis are like—it's like my kryptonite. This breed, like, whenever I see oh, this it, this is what
1: you were talking about. This is what I was talking about. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, it's just corgis. Just have like a, a a thing to my soul, and it sounds really weird. This is a weird thing my partner and I do whenever we're having a bad day. Because so backtrack a bit. So my partner and I, we're both atheists, but so we don't, when we ask for something, you know, like whatever, we don't really like say like, you know, like pray to God or anything like that. So we came up with the thing like, okay, who's our version of a God we can, you know, ask for things. So we're just like, okay, Steve (laughs) Irwin, Steve Irwin, he's our God. So three times this has happened when we've had a bad day, we're just like, oh, Steve Irwin, please bring us the dogs to make us have a really lovely day each time that we see a cute motherfucking dog, either a Samoyed or a Corgi or something like that. And it always makes our days. So yeah, I was very happy I saw my Corgi and I may have had a moment. I was just like, oh, thanks Steve. So yeah, it's a very, very, oh, very, very weird
1: thing. Coolest thing I've ever heard. It's very odd.
0: Very <laughs> it's very, very odd. So yes, that's a thing that I do. If I'm having a shitty day, I just say, "Yeah, Steve Irwin, bring you just bring. pray to Steve Irwin. I pray to Steve Irwin. Yeah, I don't.
1: Yeah, that's that's
0: that's how that's much of an Aussie amazing. I am. It's very that's, odd, but
1: that's what I do. That is. is like how much of a Queenslander you are. Oh yes, yeah. like so mm-hmm. that's like niche niche queensland content right there fam very queensland um, i mm-hmm. I actually love that i i you know obviously lizzo is my is my personal deity oh, uh she's yeah. the person that i praise whenever good shit happens mm-hmm. um and although i gotta say i feel like that's one of those things like when you, when you say like oh thank god for that i or whatever you might be um saying like yeah uh some sort of taking someone's name in vain um I feel like just literally anyone you love that day is a good is a good you know a good person's name to slip in there so I feel like if you if you've got a thing for Steve Irwin I love that If you've got a thing for remember that guy that was on Gardening Australia Bill it's great like do you know what I mean remember, <laughs> you can just love whoever you want it's great Yes, exactly. Again, very niche content, certain age Mm -hmm. group in -hmm. Australia, very, very niche. Um, (laughs) However, I am now going to go and look him up. Um and post something about him in my stories. Um
0: (laughs) so that you can check it out. Yay! (laughs) Well, thank you so much, lovely, for coming on to today's podcast. As always, it's always a wonderful time chatting to you. And for anyone for anyone listening that is not following the incredible, fabulous April Bodzilla on Instagram, do yourself a favor and do it right now because it is such a fabulous platform and you talk about some really important issues and i've learned so much from you so yes make sure they follow you at the bodzilla make sure you put the the because that many times i've searched for you in my thing and i, and I just put bodzilla i'm just like why is it not freaking coming up so it's the yep. bod yes That's but right. you gotta
1: remember i'm not a bodzilla i'm the bodzilla
0: yeah you're the one and only Bodzilla. <laughs> yes <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on i adore you you, love you and yeah so glad to call you my friend take Take care. care take care thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the nasty woman club podcast thank you again april for chatting with me i adore you i love you and if you are not following april on instagram what are you doing with yourself get on instagram and follow her right now She is at the Vodzilla. And also make sure you check out her latest feature in the SBS special series, What Does Australia Really Think? It is on 8.30pm tonight, Wednesday, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you miss out, that's all good. Just head on over to SBS On Demand. If you did enjoy the episode or this new format of the podcast or even just the Nasty Woman Club platform in general, Please let us know, send me a DM, and also leave us a review. I love getting podcast reviews, I love hearing what you all have to say, and also it helps grow this platform, which I'm very, very into doing right now, considering I had my previous Instagram account hacked. Speaking of Instagram, make sure you are following us on our new Instagram page, since the other one is now being held for Ransom, because people suck. So make sure you follow thenastywomanclub.au on Instagram I know that's a very weird having the .au but that's the only way I can do it since I lost my other one so make sure you follow us thenastywomanclub.au on Instagram and share it around let everyone know about this platform because I would greatly appreciate it that's the only reason why I'd greatly appreciate it (laughs) anyway I'm gonna stop talking right now I'm gonna go and have some lunch And I'm gonna let you all go because this is a very long outro. Anyway, I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay
1: nasty, everyone.
0: We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yarraga and Turbul people